Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode, we are joined by Pete Carboni, an entrepreneur, thinking man, genuine human being, and owner of RecLab. He is a strong and disciplined man who I have huge respect for and was honoured to sit down and chat with him. We had a really great conversation that centred around uncertainty within our lives and dealing with that. Expect to learn more about understanding other people's perspectives and seeing the world differently, Pete's upcoming 10-day silent retreat, how to have difficult conversations, why difficult times are building your personal capital, why manifestation may not be serving you, why we need to make decisions not with how we feel in the moment, but for our future selves, and much more. Let's get into it. Pete, welcome to the podcast. Egan, pleasure. Thanks for having me. The first point I wanted to touch on was, which we talked about when we went for a walk, was perception. And there's like no one perception of anybody. And like I might introduce you and I might say, look, he's a great bloke. I love what he's doing. But then there would be hundreds of people who have this negative perception of you because of a couple of encounters or a previous version of yourself. I guess a lot of us have that fear of other people having a negative perception of me. And I've definitely gone through periods where I'm scared of what people are going to think of me. How do we sort of let go of that and allow ourselves to grow without trying to please everyone? Um. I think for me, the important place to start with that is like where I learned that from, right? And for me, that was the saying that we spoke about, which is it's all true. Um, so from the place that it's all true, and what it means by that is your perception of me is your reality. Whether I like it or not, it's your truth, right? Now, I can either spend my time trying to convince you that your reality is wrong or I can just respect and try to understand your reality, whether I agree with it or not. And I think that there's a power in that and I've struggled a lot with that in my like working life in a previous career where I had to be a bit of a dick, right? And I'm not naturally a dick. It's, it's not like a... Um, a natural tendency for me, at least I don't think. But what happens there is, um, you know, we're, we're working with guys and I've always been a hard worker and I would always push guys. Like we can get that extra little bit, particularly when I was like playing sport, you're always sort of pushing for more. And that's just been how I've been, you know, that whole type A personality. And some guys didn't like that. And we talk a lot of shit about ya. Um, you know, there's just haters, right? And I would call them lazy, make excuses to justify myself to other people. The truth was, or the truth is, that their perception of me was this guy that would just push, 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 push. 
that's actually true. I didn't like that truth. And so I wanted to convince them otherwise that no, no, I'm not a, I'm not a bad guy. Like, you know, we're all cool. We're mates. But then like, I was like whipping them, not (laughs) literally, but you know, and those two things didn't align. And it wasn't until I was actually able to step back and be like, hang on, this is their truth. And I actually just have to respect that. And in respecting that, I actually ended up earning respect because I wasn't trying to be fake, right? I wasn't trying to um, get 110% out of them at the same time that I was trying to be their best mate. It wasn't until I respected the fact that, hang on, I'm the boss here, right? And I have to lead by example. And sometimes that means that people aren't going to be... um, friends with me and that applies to like any part of um, whether you're playing sport or business relationships all sorts of things Um, I feel that the power in that particular situation for me that it's all true allows me now to go if I don't agree with you it's totally okay I don't actually have to agree with you but there's going to be value in something that in your disagreement with me. And rather than it being an argument, it's this is a different perspective. And that then creates an opportunity for me to learn something. Does that make sense? Totally. I feel like it takes the pressure off to have this unified agreement with people like a, and allows you to understand things. I feel like it's, for me, it's definitely my ego speaking in situations, like almost like they couldn't be right or... I'm right. I, I'm certain of it. Yeah. But I like how you frame it. It's all true because we all have our own experiences, our own beliefs, our own biases, which is where we come to that understanding. Like I think we th- sometimes think people come to an understanding to spite us, like because they hate us. But it's especially this is prevalent in relationships, for example. Like when there's a disagreement or miscommunication, like we think people don't have our best interests, but they often do but it's only because the way they see the world and the situation is a certain way. And when you can come with that perspective, it really allows you to be understanding and less reactive, which I think has a huge benefit for learning, but just being a person that you want to be. Yeah. Well, it allows you to be open, man. Like when you take the, the, the stance that it's all true, it then opens you up to seeing the world in a different way, right? Like I might not agree with your views, but that's because I don't understand them. Like, like if I haven't actually taken the time to understand your perspective, my reality is never going to change. Because what if in your disagreement with me, there are actually some nuggets of truth in there for me that can alter my perspective and allow me to grow and better myself? And all too often we kind of go into this defensiveness, like I guard my position, particularly in relationships, right? Like when you have shit come up, we often get defensive before we um, communicate properly. Like we defend our position. But in communicating and being open and honest with each other in a relationship setting, if you can take the time to 
listen and understand, whether you're triggered or not, it gives you ample opportunity to grow. And I think that's a sign of a really strong character, which is right now I'm triggered, I'm angry, I'm disappointed, I'm hurt. But instead of throwing that at you or shutting down, I'm actually going to go explain this to me Mm. because I don't understand. Do you know what I mean? I feel like for me it's always comes from the place of wanting the certainty now. Like I just hated the discomfort of the uncertainty and almost allowing myself to be okay with I might not have it all figured out like I thought I did. And there are things I don't understand about myself, the world and this person that I, I need to allow myself to see it from their perspective. And being able to see things from people's perspective, like really visualise it, like why might they come to this perspective? It has such a bigger impact on us than we realise because I feel like we often wait for people to change, but often we can be the one to model that change. Things have started to happen in interpersonal relationships in my life in the last three months. And I often used to, in my head, blame people for why they acted a certain way, why they got angry with me. But often the time... It was. They were right. They were true. It was. I just didn't want to accept it. I didn't want to accept responsibility for what it was. Mm. Sometimes it can be something so small. But allowing myself to quieten the ego and actually understand from their perspective why they would come to that understanding, why they would think a certain way, and be like, "Okay, it's actually true." The reason we get triggered a lot of the time and react de- um, defensively. Is because often the time it's it's true, and that's the hard pill you have to swallow. But yeah. only when you finally get to a space where you're comfortable to be able to handle that, your growth really starts to take off. Yeah, and I mean, like a really um, something that I've learnt to develop this. And again, I'm certainly not perfect, man. <laughs> but um, and a really good analogy of this would be footy, right? Is you both want the same thing. So let's say you're playing, you've got a new coach, for example, right? And this guy absolutely rides you. Like, you might run a wicked 5K and he's like, that's 30 seconds too slow. Or, you know, you, you're having an average game and he, like, and you know it's average. It's definitely not terrible, but it's not amazing. And he's like, cut you down at the knees. And a lot of us would really take that to heart, right? And sort of, in a way, rightly so. But he wants you to be the best you are and he wants the team to get the best result. Now, you want to be the best you can be and you want the team to get the best result. So you were both coming at it from exactly the same desire. So there is common ground. And I think that when you can start from a place of common ground, so like let's say another way would be, you know, you and your missus have a fight about something or your partner. Um, you both want your relationship to be harmonious, to be loving, to be fair and balanced and whatever wonderful things, right? But you didn't fold all of your clothes up and it's turned into this big argument. It's like, well, you both want a good relationship. Like, 
I feel like we we don't come back to those fundamental beliefs that um, join us together. It's often deeper too. I feel like we get really caught up in the surface level things in the relationship. It might be about folding your clothes or the dishes, but it's often because one partner said, can you please do this next time? And the other partner didn't respond. So they didn't feel listened to or heard. So they, it, they don't feel like an equal in the relationship. And yet there's this big fight that starts from the manifestation of a deeper feeling like that person wants to feel loved and, a, and respected in the relationship. So when this thing happens, they, that's, they don't feel it. And that's where the, it, it breaks out from. And I feel like, like with that exact example, if you can take the point of common ground, you go so much deeper to like the core of your relationship that allows for the next step up to be the conversation about, I don't feel heard, right? Because let's say it's an argument about folding the clothes. I mean, it's a pretty terrible example, but if, you know, you can turn around to your partner and be like, look, um, X, Y, Z, I know this has like caused an issue, da, 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 da. But I really like, I want us to be able to live together properly and I really want to be living with you. So I really want to be getting this right. Um, is it, is it that the clothes aren't being folded up or is that just the physical manifestation of something a bit deeper? Mm. Do you know what I mean? And like, I then turn that into footy you'll find that the coach that's really hard on you probably has the most belief in you. Mm. Like he's the one that looks at you, sees something in you and is not willing to accept a mediocre effort from you. He's not going to sit there and pat you on the back and be like, oh, look, mate, you know, you're, you're amazing when he knows that that was a 50% effort. He's just not. And you wouldn't want him to. Right, like, particularly like with where you're going with your footy career now, do you want the coach that's going to pat you on the back when you have a mediocre game, or do you want the one that's going to be like, it's not good enough? I think there's a two part to that. It's like, I think when coaches criticise or is constructive feedback, it the players don't often understand that it comes from that place of love and belief. Like, if the coaches have a good relationship with the person. And the player feels valued and respected, but look, I know you can do better. It makes a lot more sense than the coach who you don't have a relationship with. You don't know what they're thinking. And then they start tearing you down because then you start creating this story in your head. It's the same thing with relationships. It's all about the story that you tell yourself. And we talk about it's all true. Well, sometimes it's not all true in the sense that like the story we're telling ourselves isn't the reality. That's exactly right, right? And the story that the other person is telling himself is also exactly the same, right? Like the the rea- reality and the story I tell myself are two separate things because I can tell myself that I'm the world's best footy player. Reality says otherwise. And so that is not true. But then you're lying to yourself. Mm. And so then you've got a whole nother lot of issues which is very different to having self-belief right because mm. you can have self-belief and be working towards it i'm talking more so like 
if you're just arrogant, you just believe that you're the best, you're creating a reality that is not real and will not re- meet the real sense of reality. If that, mm. if that aligns? Yeah, 100%. Back to the relationship one, the, the powerful thing I've started to do in my relationship is when we talk about our own perspective and own understanding is when we talk about our feelings is to come from the I. Like, when this happened, I felt this way. Instead of like, you did this and it made me feel like that. Like, instead of putting the blame onto someone else, it's like, because of the circumstances and my own personal self, this is what it made me feel like. This is why. And then go to people's intentions and you come to that place of common understanding and then work from there. Align your values together. Because a lot of the time in relationships... There's so much in in common ground. Like there's a reason you're often together. But instead of magnifying what you have in common, we often magnify what we don't have in common. Yeah. And so like personally for me, I recently had a really difficult conversation with my dad, right? And I come from an Italian family. Um, You don't necessarily talk about your emotions all, all too often, right? And... Me and Dad have breakfast every Friday morning. We have a swim together. We've done it for the last four years, right? We're up, we're in the water every Friday. Rain, hell or shine. We have breakfast together. Yet having like a deep conversation about like emotional stuff between us probably has never happened. And so this this point came up and I said to Dad that what you said to me really hurt me. And this was like four years ago, right? And we sort of had it out and Dad was very apologetic and that whole thing was a really, it was a big thing for us. But then Dad turned around and said, look, son, I understand that what I said hurt you, but my actions didn't actually align with what I was saying and gave me some examples. And I sat back and was like, well, for the last four years around this issue, I have held this belief. This was my reality, right? Which was true. But Dad's version of that reality was also very true and it completely contradicted my reality mm-hmm. because what he was doing was actually very loving, very caring and what I would want a dad to do, right? Even though he sort of made some statements that hurt me, I didn't agree with, how he acted was very different. And I spent so much time focusing on such a small amount of things that I was missing bigger picture because of the picture that I was painting in my mind. And that's something that like, I'm trying to like take into relationships now, which is like, We all fuck up. We don't get it right all of the time. But we all act, I think, in relationships from a place of love and care. And sometimes we might say or do something that isn't right, but the intention is never really malice or malicious. Um... And we lose sight of that when we end up in an argument with each other, right? Like you and your missus might argue about whatever, 
the whole relationship boils down to like that one problem. Mm. And it's like, what about all of this other stuff that we've built and we're getting so caught up over this? And I think being able to be in that and then to step back and go, you know what, how big of a deal actually is this and can it be solved with just a conversation? But hey, this hurt me. Hey, that hurt me. Oh, all right. You work through it and then all of a sudden it's just gone. It doesn't need to sort of live on in you in like sort of some negative emotion or energy within your body. Um, which I know that I've at least been like really guilty of is holding on to negativity for a lot longer than it's actually served me. It's a powerful quote that I like that goes, unspoken expectations are premeditated resentments. Yeah, it's a riffer, hey? <laughs> if you don't speak about your expectations of the relationship and where you're headed and often things come up, you're going to end up resenting someone over time if you can't have that conversation about the expectations. Look, I don't want to be treated this way. I don't want to be spoken to like that. This is how I sort of see a relationship. How much alignment do we have? It's just sometimes it's difficult. It's easier to keep the peace for and and brush it aside. But then resentment comes in and it builds up because we talk about over time, like if you're – Everyone's got their own reality and their own story of their relationship. And it might look different if you don't have enough of those conversations because you've built this picture of the relationship of what it looks like, what it's going to be in the future. It's completely different. Yeah. And then one time you have a small argument over saying, you're like, geez, we weren't ever on the same page, were yeah. we? Yeah. Um, back to the point about intention and impact. Jack and I speak a lot about it because I agree with you. I think a lot of people have good intentions, but the impacts often don't align with that for whatever reason because you can mean well like the coach the coach has all the good intentions to make you a better player believes in you but the impact is oh i feel like the coach is doubting me like what am i like so there's a big difference between intention and impact but i think when there's a disagreement argument whatever being able to come back to the common ground of intention and impact that's where you can learn from a relationship can grow when you start to learn, okay, how can I get alignment between intention and impact? How can I – I have the good intentions, but how can I make sure I say the things so that the impact is is the one I want? Mm. Because there's – it's not. It's often not like – it's so much power in like how you say things, not just what you're saying, like the medium you talk through and the tone and the exact words and how you make them feel. It's not just – it's more than just – the contents of the message. Definitely. I really could not agree with that more. And that's something that like I've struggled with. But I think we all struggle with it because, and like we spoke about this before, but we don't want silence. We don't want there to be room for something to be misinterpreted. So we'll often like fill it with words or something. And that's often just not necessary. Like, if you know my intention is good and I have said enough and done enough, um, I don't need to keep trying to reinforce that and, like, trying to make that stick because the more I do that, sometimes the less it will stick. 
if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think it carries less weight sometimes as well. Where like intention and impact, I think, I feel is such a valuable commodity. Like when someone knows your intention is good and solid, you don't, so you don't have to do a million things to keep proving that. You can do one thing that speaks volumes, speaks worth of a million things. And I think we forget that. And if you treat your intention and your impact like a commodity, right, where it has value, and when people know that your intention and your impact, your actions have value, they will value them more than when they don't know the value of them. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I know with me, now at least, I'm being a lot more protective of that because, I mean, I'm a people pleaser, right? Like I like to be friends with as many people as I can. but I feel like that devalues me as a friend in a way. And so my intention is to be true to myself and to be a good mate, but the impact of my actions become devalued the more that I do them. And so that's why you'll find like with your best mates, like with Jack or at least me with, with my best mate, Alex, we might see each other once every couple of weeks at the moment. He's just about to have a new baby. We don't catch up as much as we normally do. But that one catch-up is worth, like, seeing each other every couple of days for a training session or something because the the value of that time, that that time being a commodity, is worth so much to me because of the rarity that it comes in now, um, or at least at this point. And that's taught me to be a little bit more um, protective of that in how I then give that to other people because I don't want... I have so many things going on that I can't afford to devalue the time and the impact that I have on other people's lives mm. now. I feel like with friendships, it comes back to depth of friendship too. Like You might have done a lot of base work with friends, but when you connect with certain people, you don't sometimes... Like 60 minutes is not 60 minutes, I believe. You know what I mean? Like I could spend 60 minutes with you and it's worth 10 times than if you spent it with someone else and I spent it with someone else. You know what I mean? Because of the quality of the conversation and the human connection. You know, meaningful talks. This is why I run the podcast because I want to amplify and leverage limited time to get more meaning out of this existence. So I feel like with friendships, we get really caught up in like quantity, we're very quantitative human beings because we like numbers. But quality is very intangible. But it's powerful and that's when you get the feeling. Yeah. Do you think... I want to talk about... Because we're both doing our own stuff you're running your ice baths and pursuing that and me with the podcast i want to talk about 
the hardest part being the start. Mm. And we've both listened to the Hormozy podcast and I feel like because the de- the destination feels so far away, we often feel like things are just going to get progressively harder and harder. But we talk about the quality being invisible and that's the same as a lot of the invisible work that we do to ourselves when we pursue things that are uncertain. There's so much value in the things you can't see, yet it's so easy for me to latch on to quantitative things like podcast downloads, followers, but yet we don't put our attention to self-growth and the belief I have in myself, my resilience to the negative things, my responses in life. But I feel like the hardest period is the start of the journey because if you can learn to master the way you show up now, it's going to be very similar to in the future. Yes, there's going to, like they talked about, there's going to be bigger dragons to slay, but at the core of it is still you and your response to the same things. They might, there might be more at stake objectively, but it's the, still the same fighting. It's still the same way to fight and slay the dragon. It's just a bigger dragon. Yeah. Like, so there's that saying, which is, um, if you do the work, the work will work on you. And, like, it is just so true. You have got no idea what the work will do to you, right? And so, like, I I look at someone like yourself where you're building this podcast platform, right? You you know where you're going and you're going to chip away at that. You're going to chip away at those one percenters and you just keep doing. And one day you'll end up there. Like, I have no doubt you'll, you'll get there. But there's an undercurrent beneath the the follower number, you know, that, those quantitatives. There's there's an undercurrent of personal capital that is being built within you through this process. And that is how you deal with with haters, how you fortify your mind, what practices you learn to help you cope with stress the tools you learn to master your craft or or gain to master your craft. And all of those things happen as an undercurrent to this endeavour that you're taking. And they're immeasurable until you get to the point where you've got to dig so deep into your toolbox to find these things to be able to use them, right? And so it's like... Right now, you know, you might have some haters and they're throwing stones in your your direction, right? When you get to 100,000 followers, there's going to be people with larger microphones. It's not going to be a couple of guys down the footy club. It's not going to be, you know, people you used to be mates with at school. It's going to be other podcasters or, um, you know, other personalities that have followings that are going to maybe say negative things about you they will right now if you're not at that point in time those things are knives what they're throwing is knives it's not a it's not a rock anymore right and those knives if you're not seasoned 
and prepared, they will hurt. And at that point, that fall from 100,000 followers to I'm not going to do this anymore because my feelings are hurt, like that's a massive fall from grace. And that's going, that fall there will hurt so much more than any stone someone throws at you right now. Because right now you're in the weeds and you have to fight your way through. But in fighting your way through the weeds, you're going to end up in the Amazon jungle, whatever, but you're going to have a machete, you're going to have you know, knee-high boots, you're going to have you know, full cargo outfit. You're ready for whatever you encounter. And I think that we really, we, we just don't acknowledge that undercurrent in any endeavour that we do that builds our personal capital. Because not only does it show, it not only does it give proof to haters that you're on your way, but it gives proof to yourself. And so your personal capital, and I keep repeating that, but it's just so important, it is a bank account. And if you're not stacking chips, if you're not building that balance in your bank account, when it actually gets tough, like when there are knives coming instead of rocks, if you're not prepared, they will hurt. And that's when you get knocked off your perch and you really fall from grace. And I believe that as much as you right now will be focusing on follow account, as much as you'll be focusing on subscribers and, and all of those quantitative things, they might be growing like this, right? Nice and steady. Your personal capital is growing like that, like it's a fucking hockey stick man. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And in those early days, I think you really have to put more value on that as your measure of success than those, and as hard as it is, but focusing less on the quantitative stuff and more on how you're growing as a person because essentially your podcast is you. If you haven't grown with the business through these early days, almost ahead of the business, that the podcast, um, it will be very difficult later down the road as you get bigger. I feel like you need to protect your passion and what you're doing. Put more emphasis, like you said, your attention to the intangibles, the things you're growing because we're so caught up in the quantitative but if, if you can start to be like oh this is making me more disciplined like I feel more energetic I feel like I can put my energy and my I can have purpose you know I can lose fear of judgment I can be committed I can do all these things I can change at the core who I am through my actions and take the pressure off the outcome because I feel like down the road the same amount of energy and effort you put in now will get you a hundred times return objectively. You know, like Chris Williamson, they were talking about how 85% of his listeners were discovered in 2023 and he had more than half a million in 2022. Mm. So you're going to get way more objective returns down the line. But if you don't protect at the core, 
that invisible bank account that you're growing within you, if you don't protect that early days, you're never going to get to that later date because you're going to give up because you're not going to see the worth in showing up because that's why I think a lot of people give up because they're so focused on the external and to some extent it it makes sense. Like I understand why, but if you never put your attention and appreciate those things that you're growing inside of you that you just can't achieve without putting yourself into the arena, like you're probably going to give up. Yeah. And that's why so many people are scared because they just, there's, they just, the uncertainty of when it's going to come. And it's a real double edged sword, right? Because that uncertainty is what drives a lot of us. Like, I know for me, I've had four businesses that I've started. Um, Rec Lab is the fifth. And I have never, I've only with one business, with my trade as a roof plumber, um, was conventional. <clears throat> the other three are completely unconventional. I had one business where I tried to import a building panel into Australia from India to change the building industry, right? And I flew over to India, I met with the largest second largest manufacturing company in India and got the patency for their product. It's a business with my best mate. And that business, we, we failed. But I loved the uncertainty. I, I romanticised about, like, the uncertainty that I found in doing something like that versus staying in a conventional business, which I had, is what drove me. So it's really, it's, it's hard because often when we, at least for myself, that uncertainty is kind of like a high, right? Like, if I can do that, it proves me right about all of these beliefs about myself. But when I flip that, when it gets tough, it's that same uncertainty that makes me want to quit. So like what's driving me to succeed is at every step of the way telling me that I can't. Mm. And that's like a really difficult thing to grapple with, which I'm getting better at. But I think that the uncertainty at least for me, something to lean into. Because like, what's the worst thing that happens, right? So I'll give you an example with Rec Lab. Started this business. I have lost my relationship because I was working too much in it. and wasn't being loving enough. I have had to move back in with my parents. I'm just about to sell my car to help fund it. Um, and, and... several other things, right? When I, and I'm doing all of that for the uncertainty of this business succeeding, which I'm like, you know what? That is the price that I'm going to pay. And I'm willing to pay this plot, this price. But then on the flip side, every day I wake up going, 
man, I lost a great relationship. Fuck, 32, I'm still at home with my parents. I've just moved back home with my parents. I don't have this fancy, big, expensive car. Where, where am I going with life? And so the things that I am doing to try to succeed are also building up as reasons for me to quit. And it's changing, again, it's working on yourself because it's changing my personal identity. Because in the uncertainty, I'm discovering more and more who I am. So in all of those things that I've just listed, I identified so much with them that I didn't want to let them go because they just were who I am. But in actually letting those things go, I've found more peace and contentment and acceptance for myself without those external objects. And then that's made me more certain that what I'm doing is right because how I feel about myself now, when it feels low, I'm becoming much more comfortable with and almost excited to like leap forward into that next step. So uncertainty in no matter what it is, I think if you can be very conscious of it and risk aware, but it's your biggest opportunity for growth. Uncertainty is your biggest um, opportunity for growth in anything that you do. Because if you're certain about something, what, what does it actually mean to be certain about something? Like, is there any growth for you as a person in being certain about what you're going to do? To give you an idea, I have just signed up for a 10-day silent retreat and I think it's mad and anyone that I tell just thinks it's mad you sit there you meditate for 10 to 12 hours a day you sit in the same spot so you're not allowed to move there's no eye contact no reading writing no exercise Um, it is sitting still with your mind for 10 days Now, I'll be really honest with you, that scares the shit out of me. I I don't think that I can do it, which is exactly why I'm doing it. Someone said to me yesterday, they're like, man, why didn't you just do a three-day one or a five-day one? Why did you have to do 10 days? And I sat with it and I thought... Okay, doing three days, I feel Mm. I can do that. I can sit on my own for three days. Be tough, but I can do that. Five days, I was like, oh, I can get to three. I'll be able to push just a couple more days. Like I'll mentally get myself there. It'll be uncomfortable. It's meant to really be very physically painful sitting very still but I can grip my way through those last two days 
10 days, my natural instinct was, I don't know if I can do that. That uncertainty, and even now, like, it kind of gives me pins and needles. And I smile because it's like, that unknown offers such an opportunity for me to grow as a person, to fortify my mind, to understand myself deeper and it's really weird because the what if I don't make it is non-existent so it's almost like egotistically I don't care if I get to 10 days or not because I'm not doing it for the success of it I'm doing it for the curiosity of myself. I'm going into this thing going, I am going to break. 10 days of complete silence, absolutely still, will break me as a human. I am very active. I mean, you've seen how many times I've moved <laughs> during this conversation. Um, very physically active, very fit. My mind runs at a million miles an hour, as you probably gauged by where I take the conversation. I will break. I have no idea what day that will be. And I have no idea what's on the other side of that. And I don't know the last time I've taken myself to a point that I have broken. I actually don't know if I've ever taken myself to a point that's broken. And like, I mean, I would ask you, when have you put yourself in a position where you have willingly gone, okay, this is going to break me and then done it? The only times I can think of are, are sporting things, but then I feel like you tell yourself that it's the hardest thing you've done. But it's it's not, and there's so much more. There's so much more you could have done, and I feel like when you do something like that, we talk about uncertainty. But it's still, it's almost there is certainty. There's certainty that it's gonna, f there's gonna be a moment where it's it's too much and it's overwhelming. I can't imagine doing that. Like I just, I've tried to do that. 30 minutes of meditation, I started it for a little bit and it was just still, that was just uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and it's that discomfort, right? So it's like when I came, and I'll actually tell you, it's an interesting story about how this came up for me, which we can talk about, but I have always been very physically able. You can put any physical challenge in front of me even if it's to go and run a marathon, which I'm not built for, I will grip my way through. If I am crawling at the end of it, I'm just that kind of mentally sick person <laughs> that I will get my way there. I will cross the finish line. It might take me 12 hours, but I will do it. But through this experience, the mind can't go three more k's i'm going to do this it can't go one more step right there is you can't 
physically will yourself through this exercise. And so not only does it hurt physically, which I think I'll be able to bear, but to mentally explore like the depths of myself. And, you know, we talked about last time about having honest conversations with yourself. And the best moments in my life, the best decisions I've had is where I've had an honest conversation with myself. Like, cut the shit. And that's a really hard thing to do. But what happens on like day five, where all of the peripheral surface level stuff, I mean, it might happen on day one for me, who knows, but has, you know, day five's probably <laughs> wishful thinking. Two hours in. Yeah, two hours in, right? What happens at that point where surface level stuff's gone and whatever is underneath starts coming into my thoughts and I don't like it? All those things that you don't like about yourself that you push so far down that you don't even know that you don't like them about yourself, what happens when they start coming into your mind and your body's hurting and there's no way to take any action to alleviate it. So like when I compare it to running, it may be hurting me. Knees, shin splints, the whole lot might be hurting, but I can take an action of a next step and then a next step. And as long as I keep taking that step, the pain will eventually end. But I feel like if I get to day two and I'm three hours in, I've got no idea what the time is. I've got no action to use to get myself through it. And I actually have to be with those parts of myself that I don't like, that I don't even know that I don't like. In that I break. How do I rebuild after that? That's where my curiosity comes in. Yeah. I feel like it's a good way to approach it with curiosity instead of the fear of, of the unknown. Like you could look back on this and it could be one of the turning points. Like Mosey often talks about the hard times he goes through. Like he almost future casts the story that he's going to tell. Like do you think about like your business being successful and thinking that you can tell the story of this experience you're going to go through as the turning point? Like, Is, is that a coping mechanism or are you so in the mindset of I'm just going to be as present as possible and what's going to happen is going to happen? Yeah, I'm mentally geared like Hormozy to, I mean very rich comparing myself to a man like that i have a similar <laughs> thought process in which I, f I i tell a future cast that story so right now my story with rec lab is lost my relationship selling my car had to move back to my parents probably going to have to sleep on the floor of this place while i get it going i've accepted that so so i use that skill and i'm okay with that skill but in this exercise, I am not doing it to be able to tell people 
that I sat there for 10 days. Because I don't think I can sit there for 10 days. Like, and I don't even know if I'm going to be proud at the end of those 10 days of what comes up or of what happens or of how I change to even want to tell people that story. Like, but is it, I feel like we get in the habit of like, and I do this a lot, when there's uncertainty, we try and find certainty within it. So as a comfort, so like we almost like tell ourselves this narrative of like what's going to happen, when it could happen, what it could mean for the future instead of being present and allowing it to happen. And it happens in all the time. It could be a sports training, a business meeting, a card conversation, but we almost future cast and imagine what it is going to look like and what it's going to mean as this big coping mechanism. And I understand I've been there and that's why I know what, what it is because I do it. But I'm learning to the power of being present with it because it's so easy to, as humans, we want that certainty. I want that certainty to try and find certainty within the uncertainty because there's so much uncertainty but it's almost trying to come to peace with the curiosity of what it is and and allowing yourself and almost just letting go and just le- what what happens happens i don't not putting expectations i have to do 10 days i have to do this just but that isn't is that the power of setting out a big commitment and doing and doing it and not because i feel like a lot of us play life small because it's like we almost fear the failure if we don't live up to some commitments. We don't make big commitments, big statements to ourselves like I'm going to do this because of that fear of like I'm not going to get it done. But it's not about the success of doing it. It's like we've talked about before, the invisible growth. For me, I mean like I talk about this now publicly I guess. Will I want to talk about it publicly after? Don't know. And that I know that I will grow physically in one way, shape, uh, sorry, mentally, emotionally, one way, shape or form. That, that will happen. So I guess I do find certainty in that. Um, and I am pretty certain that I'm going to struggle and break. So I also have certainty there. The curiosity and the uncertainty is in what happens after that and what arises and like... I don't know if it's something that I can be proud of because what happens if I discover that I'm a coward? What happens if I'm sitting there with myself and reflect on all these moments and realise that there's a common theme of cowardice or reflect on all these moments and realise that there's a common theme of... um, I don't know, something negative, right? And I then walk out of that experience with that belief. So there's also a lot of fear in it that what I discover I don't like. And I don't know how you overcome that either. I think... think 
I think shame only exists in the darkness. Man, exactly. Exactly. And for me, at least personally, that won't get any darker than this. And so that's a real concern, which is why I can't be doing it mentally to be able to say that I've done it because I'm not going to brag about the negative things that come up if I can't resolve them during that time. If, if those things come up and I'm physically hurting and it's all too much and I leave, perhaps before I break, I then have to sit and really process through that. Right, like what does that actually say? Does that prove all of those things right? And so I think like I've made this deal with myself that I've signed up, I'm doing the 10 days. I cannot do it again if I don't do the 10 days. And that's not, it's not throwing down a gauntlet, being like, you have to finish, da, da, da. It's going, you have one opportunity here. You have to make the most of this. And no matter how hard it gets, When you decide to leave, and it's totally okay to leave whenever you want to leave, but that is gone. Like, that's the end. And I think that, me making that decision is more terrifying than whatever it is that I discover about myself. Hmm. Yeah. How important do you think it is then to do the things you say you're going to do? Like you do an ice bath every morning, for example. And I feel like a lot of us don't push intentionally put our through. Like this is what you're doing. You're voluntarily putting yourself through something hard. A lot of us don't voluntarily go outside our comfort zone, even for a brief period of time with a bit of pain and adversity to make put everything in perspective. So how important is doing the things you say you're going to do and having a little discipline in the morning to show that life isn't so bad. That things, like when I do morning exercise or I have a productive morning, my morning starts well, the day's always way better for some reason. So how important is starting the day and you've done the ice baths for a number of years now every morning. So how important is that to sort of that self-story that we talked about, that discipline, that, you know, I'm someone who shows up? Um, I think it's the most important thing. Your self-image is what you put out to the world. And so for me, my mornings, and I don't always get this right, majority of the time I do, and when I don't, I Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. really know about it, like within myself, but if I can walk out of the house or start my day externally with a belief that... I can do the hard things. Whatever comes at me during that day, I already have established that fundamental belief that I can handle it. I know for myself, who's definitely not challenge adverse, like I love challenge, that belief is so important. If you're someone that is comfortable to go to a nine-to-five job, do your hours, have your lunch break on time, et cetera, et cetera, you may not require that belief system to be established every morning. And there is nothing wrong with that. There are times where I would just rather be like that. But because I think that my path... And what I want to achieve is so different to that. I have to establish that belief every day because I'm not going to get reinforcement from the outside world that I'm good enough. And the truth is, I actually don't want to be told that I'm good enough. When people tell me that I'm good, I almost like push it away, almost like, no, no, like try and change the subject. I don't like it. And that's, I don't know, whatever, you might be able to tell me what that is. But I need that, I need the fact that I can do hard things under hard circumstances to be established for me daily so that as I leave and encounter whatever it is that's coming, that established belief is, is, is there. Because there are too many things that happen throughout your day that will give you a negative feedback to what you're doing, right? So like there's a big difference in your day in getting up, having a cup of coffee, sitting around the house, maybe watching the news and then starting your day and then someone says something crap about you online. That is going to affect you so much more under those circumstances as it will if you've gotten up gone for a run, had a dip, whatever your morning routine is that establishes that fact, you've done. When you get that piece of negative feedback, you've already built up, I guess, personal capital again to draw from to counter that. And I think that you can apply it to sport, to business, to anything that you do. They are micro wins that you're starting your day with that you draw upon throughout your day. And then throughout your day, it turns into a week. Then throughout your week, it turns into a month. Then it turns into a year. Then you just become that person. You, Too many of us, other people might sit here and want to be Chris Williamson in your chair. And they will get six months in and quit. 
they haven't had those micro wins and celebrated them along the way. And it's like that, we were talking earlier about that Hormozy quote, where your haters will be right 99% of the time and you will be right 100% of the time. And essentially it's, there are 100 steps from zero to 100. At zero, you're saying you're going to be, you're, you're, you're 100. You have to have the belief that you're 100. To get there, you have to have that self-belief. You take step one, you're not at 100. And so your hater is right. Step two, you're not at 100 and your hater is right there. They're still right. You get all the way to 99 and even at the 99th step, they're still right because you're not at 100. But then the moment you take that step and you become 100, you reach that goal, you look back and every single step was completely necessary and more importantly, 100% right. It was the right step for you to take to get to that point. And that's when they're wrong. And it's not necessarily about proving them wrong because I think at that point, once you hit that goal, you won't even hear their voice anymore, right? But you have to celebrate those wins, those micro wins, those steps, while the voices are louder it's harder it's easy it's harder for you to go from 0 to 50 that's hard when you're at 50 it's still tough but you know you're halfway and if you've built up a repertoire of positive proof positive evidence the next 50 steps you've got the tools to get there but the hard part's done at the beginning it's those first few steps where it seems so far away and I think that that morning routine, at least for me, even if it's completely separate to what I'm doing with business, I'm just establishing fact in my mind that I am willing to endure the hard times. And if I'm willing to endure an ice bath at 5.30 in the morning, what, what else is the day going to throw at me? Like, seriously, it, it's terrible. I've been doing it for years and I still hate getting up and doing it. <laughs> it's It sucks. But I leave the day and I know that if I can do that, there aren't many people that I'm going to come into contact with during my day that are going to be willing to do it. So it separates me. Mm. I think that's necessary when you're not taking a traditional route, when you want to be quote unquote exceptional, you want to be different, you want to be, you want to live an empowered life, a fulfilling life that most people aren't willing to make the sacrifices for the, through the uncertainty. I feel like you've got to stack those micro wins up hard or else you just won't be able to endure that uncertainty. And rightly so, because I feel like those micro wins that you're creating are, part, are a part of the person you, you want to become. Yeah. You can't, you know, you can't cheat your way to the person you want to become. No. And even if, even if you get lucky and it all just works, you know. Like, you can't lie to yourself about that. I don't know. Maybe some people might be able to. I certainly couldn't. Not me. 
and it repulses me so much that I would almost want to give it away. I would feel undeserving of it. I, I need to earn it. That need to earn, I think also has to be something you have to be very conscious of. Because say you're on the track and legs are solid, like they're full, they hurt. You have to be able at some point to say to yourself, this is earning it. This moment right now is earning it. When you get to that point, now I'm starting to earn it. And I think that that is perhaps a tool that you can use to push through to that next level, to get those extra few Ks to whatever it may be. But you have to be able to establish pain, suffering and endurance. Enduring is here, but earning it's here. Most people will stop there. those people that want to be exceptional will float through the difference on on hope and then will realise that this is where they're earning it. Others have fallen away. This is now, this is my space to be better. This is where I become better. And I think that that is where like a true second wind actually comes in. Because, like, you can't give up in that space. Once you've told yourself, shit, this is where I'm earning it, at least for me, and there's no way in hell I am giving up then. To rem- I think it's just a re- that you need those reminders. And the reason it's called a reminder is because you're trying to remind, like recreate your mind. Because we've got to change your beliefs about yourself, you need to change your thoughts you need to be able to push that comfort zone to remind to reshape who you believe you are if you don't remind yourself you're just going to do what you've always done you're going to not push that boundary you're going to stop when you've always stopped but if you don't have those mental reminders in your conscious mind to think this is what hard is this is what hard looks like this is where i grow it's the perfect way to make sure that you're becoming the person you want to become. So well said. So well said. Coupled with this though, why do we often feel like with this, even if we have these reminders, sometimes it just feels like we're getting nowhere. It's it's the hardest point is the uncertainty. When is the podcast going to come successful? When's the business going to work out? When's the relationship going to come into my life? When is it going to happen? I keep putting in all this work in the gym. When, when, is, when are things going to happen? How, why is it so... It's often the accumulation of all these micro wins. And then one day, that big external thing comes. It's 
I feel like what happens is things build up so slowly you don't actually realise how far you've come a lot of the time. That's personal capital, bro. Mm. You just don't realise how far you've come. Because personal capital is immeasurable until you have that realisation. Do you reckon that realisation... When does that realisation come? I feel like it will change a lot, but I feel like sometimes... Do you reckon it comes when people stop? Or is it more... Because how do we... We need to find a way to make this practical in like what is going to make us continue to grow if we can't see it. Like how can we have it? this almost litmus test to be like, yes, like I've grown, I've changed. How do we reflect and be like, I was there but now I'm here. This is such a worthwhile journey. Because we don't think it's meaningful, it's worthwhile. That's that's why we give up after X amount of days on a challenge or I was reading this many books and I just stopped. Oh, it, was, it doesn't really do much to my life. It didn't have a tangible impact on my life. How do we make sure that we can see the value in it? Because as humans, we need certainty in some way. And for me, when I'm able to almost make the unobservable observable, whatever way it is, like whether it's, to me, it was journaling and able to really tap into my mind and bring the unconscious conscious. I could see it on paper. Look look, look at how positive I'm and happy I'm with myself. And that is a way for me to make things tangible so I can see it, so I can see the growth in myself because I would see things I've written two weeks ago and I said, who is this? I was never been this positive and have this much belief in myself. But it's I've made this unobservable thing observable. We forget so many things, our thoughts. So we need to find a way to make these hidden things, this invisible growth tangible so that we keep persisting because we'll just give up because it's just, what's the point? Yeah, I think for me there's two parts. And I'll be really honest with you, man. I actually have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I do not know. I'm trying to figure this out like everybody else. While we're on the journey there. Yeah, right. Um, but the two things that pop out to me while you're saying that, one is you have to have good reason. To say I'm going to read 50 books, just to have said I'm going to read 50 books, you're going to quit. What if what you're reading is not interesting? What, you're just going to keep reading and have disdain for it? How are you going to succeed in that situation, right? Like, like okay, you might say um, you might want to do 100 burpees and you get to 100, but the underlying reason is you want to be fitter. Okay, do you have reason to succeed there, right? And so I think that that having reason um, helps to get you through that period because it's it's very hard to make those things practical when they're immeasurable. Mm. Like it just is. So you have a practical practice which is journaling. So you can actually see the change you've made. And I don't know, I suppose someone who writes... Literature might be able to see change. If you are doing something that you can see the change, I think that um, that's really helpful and that's good. When it's a challenge that you can't or, or that's very hard to measure, I think you just have to have reason and faith. Mm. Hope. Yeah. Yeah. Faith. For me, faith more than hope. What, what do you think is the difference? Faith is... 
face that I can. Belief? Is it? Yeah, belief. Just faith in myself. Yeah. Faith in yourself. Um, rather than hoping that I can, like for me that that doesn't sit right for me. Does I'm it feel disempowering? Yeah. Like like I don't hope that I can build a successful business. It's like, well, you want to do it, like, yeah. You want to be the chain, the cause of the effect. Yeah, right. Like, I don't want to, to just. I'm not a hoping this is going to all work out in the end kind of guy. I'm just not. I mean, the whole fate versus free will thing, <laughs> you know, but um, that's just my personality. So I think that's number one. But I think the second part of this, which is really important, that I don't think a lot of people talk about, is the whole manifestation. Uh, and, and I'm a big believer in manifestation, but it can be very dangerous because when you're visualizing yourself as Chris Williamson, right? What's he got, like 2 million followers or something? Quite a few. Yeah, right. Say two. Um, when you're visualizing yourself as there and you're cultivating that belief in yourself, but you're at step two you're actually also creating negative feedback because it's very easy to visualise that and look at it and then come out of it and go, why am I still not there? And then you go back tomorrow, you visualise it and then you come out again and I'm still not there. And then you keep repeating this process of visualising it but that's deprecating, self-deprecating if your thoughts external of that of that manifestation are why aren't I there? Why don't I have it yet? Does that make sense? Mm. You're not helping yourself in that situation at all. But it comes to the whole. It's we're talking simply comparison. Like you want to be like someone, and you're almost comparing the gap between who you are and where you want to be, and the difference between manifesting it into existence with self-belief and that grit and determination, like I know I'm going to get there and that you're willing yourself there versus it's almost a daily reminder that you're not who you want to be. Correct. And that's why like there's such a fine line there, man. Like that. There's such a fine line and that's where reason comes back into it, right? Like if you're going to manifest it, you have to feel it. Like you have to fucking believe it. You can't just sit there and visualise yourself seeing 2 million subscribers. Because the road there is not built on that single visualisation. The road there is built on the belief you have in yourself. And so that's where I think some people end up doing themselves a disservice with manifestation and visualisation because they want something but it's coming from a place of lack their their manifestations coming from a place of lack rather than a place of belief so do you feel like and this is where I'm starting to think about this the belief is we you can over obsess on the vision instead of focusing on the power of belief because I feel like when I when I feel like I do this well in terms of I I don't 
I have belief in where I'm going to get to, but I don't obsess about the gap because I'm able to enjoy the journey and appreciate and love the journey. But I think the way I do that is by not coming from that place of like, I'm trying to understand what I was trying to say. Because I feel like it's so easy for me to get caught onto the vision of like who I want to be, like podcast making money, interviewing big guests. But I feel like the it's the intangible thing that you can't see that is is the the power. That's the power. It's the belief that you have that you're gonna. We all, we're so focused on okay. I want to visualize this many followers. This is the business that's going to succeed, rather than it's it's actually not really about that. It's about the belief that you have in yourself because that has the tangible effect in the real moment in every decision you make. That is what makes that reality come true. That's what manifests it into existence because of the belief, not because of the vision, not because of the vision, because of the belief that you had. And yes, it, it can be a good way marker, but it's not going to be a good way marker if it's a constant obsession of, I need this. Like you said, I need this. Lack the lacking mindset rather than like I feel I'm reading a lot of Joe Dispenza and it's like it's being able to have that mindset of almost you are there but you don't have the reality yet like it's not in existence but you're willing it into existence because you have the mindset like you're there that belief in yourself yeah so for him it's so much more than just visualizing it like you feel it mm. And he talks about the whole Heart Map Institute, um, where they've connected um, brain patterns to the heart, and there's a whole lot of science that they've done, which is like really fascinating, and the changes that they've been able to make in people, like curing sickness and all yeah. that sort of stuff, right? Which is very cool. And I think he sort of touches on it, but I don't think a lot of people are at least aware that if you're trying to manifest manifest something from a from a lack you will only ever find reason, reasons that you don't have it already in your waking life right and so this is where there's a, that's your practical example is personal capital that's your practical measurement stick mm. because if you're trying to visualize something because you want it and you don't have it, all you will see are reasons why you don't have it. Well, that's you'll just be in a constant state of, I don't have it yet, I don't have it yet, I don't have it yet. But if you fully believe in what you're doing, right, and in what you're manifesting, when you're building your personal capital, you just know. That knowing and belief in yourself is intimately tied to that knowing and belief in yourself in th as this image. I feel like that's a great way to create certainty because for me, when I visualise now, like I've been very big into visualising almost the internal space I'm going to get to 
and every day making choices to build up to that and like and the external just follows like you don't need to we get so obsessed with it and it's understandable to some extent because it's a medium that the world lives through but that doesn't mean that you should put your attention to that all the time because it's it's way more important to put your energy into the personal capital that you're building so i feel like for me I, how i visualize and manifest the person i want to become is i feel like every day i'm 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 just growing in the tra- i ca- i just talk about the trajectory really that's simple that's what i keep reminding myself was i'm on this positive trajectory and every day i make choices and i show up the way i want to and it's just putting me in that positive trajectory do you know why i like that because there's no destination it's just a journey and then it's not like how can you come from a place of lack if there's no destination? Do you know why? Because there's no comparison between the end and what you are now. It's just an ever-long journey and you just appreciate that fact you're on the journey because you constantly are reminding yourself, fuck, I feel like I've grown. Like things are changing, it's getting better and you're not constantly obsessing over about some fixed destination that will arguably always get longer and further away because you're always coming from that place of lack. That's exactly right, man. You just nailed that absolutely nailed that it's like uh, look I can't say that (laughs) (laughs) so why do you think it's so important we should be conscious and aware of these pivotal moments if like we're going through this big journey in whatever way, whatever shape or form, why is it so important to be so aware and take a step back? Because I feel like emotionally it's so easy to get caught up in the surface level things. But where is the power in being able to take that step and show yourself, okay, this is a big moment for me. Like things are changing. I did this. I'm capable and sort of extracting belief from the evidence that you have. I think for me, the pivotal moments is like checking big checks into your personal capital bank account. Like you're cashing in. Like 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 you're you're not stacking ten dollars it's like a thousand dollar check yeah and so it's like if you hit that pivotal moment and you know you got to be careful with what you call a pivotal moment like it's it's not pivotal moments aren't the destination pivotal moments are you going from home to here right you opening this door and building this room, right? That was a pivotal moment. And the reason that that's like a $1,000 check is because it's like everything I've done to this point has allowed this to happen. So that means everything before it was worthwhile. And it's got me to a position right now where this moment becomes so important 
the decisions that I make in, in this moment become so important and I've got the tools to make the decision. I've got the faith in myself to do the right thing for me. Mm. And having that presence of, okay, this adds to my bank account. I don't have to be afraid of the enormity of this situation. I don't have to over-obsess on this. I'm grateful that I'm here with this moment at my feet. I've got the confidence in myself to move through it on the correct trajectory. So like a really good example is I recently looked at a property move rec lab into it's an amazing facility it's incredible it's almost perfect but they want $150,000 a year which for a startup business is like it's a lot of money it's three grand a week I've got to find before I pay anything else I've got to pay that and when I was speaking with the agent and going over the terms I was like this is a really pivotal moment I've grown this business enough to be able to sit here and have this conversation. I've got enough belief in what I'm building and the trajectory that I'm going to be able to have this conversation. So I'm like, cha-ching. Like, that's a really big check. Like, I've got, you know, you look... At this point, it gives you a really good checkpoint to look back to see how far you've come. So that's important. But then it's like, well, okay, now I need to reassess my trajectory. Is this decision correct for the trajectory? Emotionally, it feels amazing. You know, you get caught up in, in, in all sorts of highs and, oh, we can do this and we can do that and da-da-da-da-da. If you're not present in that moment, you will choose what emotionally feels good. But that may not be the best thing for your trajectory. Because it's so easy to get caught up in that. When you have presence in that situation, you're willing to walk away or you're willing to do it, whichever is right for you. But you can have faith in whatever you choose that it's the right thing. And then you've got another checkpoint to move forward from with that faith and belief in yourself. So it's kind of like putting bricks in the wall. Getting to this point is worth another brick. And that's building a stronger wall, a stronger foundation to move on from. If you get caught up in emotions and the highs, like chasing the highs with no substance underneath it, with no presence, man, eventually that just falls down. If you don't have the presence in what you're doing during big moments. Is it, does it come back to like why you're doing it? Because I feel like the why is like the foundation because you can build this big wall up 
But if if your why isn't the right one, strong enough for the things you're building, like it's bound to come down because you, it's not really what it was designed for. It's not do, it's not the right. It's not manifesting itself the way it was meant to. Like you don't have the slab laid out. It, it wasn't. So I feel like when you have a big moment. It's like, do you, do you feel like it comes to that decision of like, do, do I push through and continue or do I pivot? Like, it, do you feel like these big moments that we come to, if we can take a step back and make decisions that aren't just caught up in the moment, but are the ones for the trajectory? And it's so easy to make decisions with, because a lot of it comes to like, it becomes very external, like what it's going to look like what people are going to think like look at this I open this business or whatever it is that's what it's so easy to get caught up in the the ego and the decisions we make because other people are going to think it looks good but is it right for me correct so correct so being aware of pivotal moments and it doesn't have to be that big or you know that may that will be small for some people that will be big for others you know for you it might be um i don't know man like having captain of west coast come in here and have a chat with you right like that's a a pivotal moment you might have a terrible conversation with him your pivotal moment there is am i going to post this because it all looks good and feels great and you've got an amazing title and a big guest but if it doesn't flow if it's not in line with what you want to produce and put out, the decision you then make to, I'm going to post it anyway, or I'm actually not, and the ramifications that go both ways, that is where you're stepping back going, what's the right thing for this trajectory right now? And those pivotal moments can be like very difficult to navigate if you're caught up in the I think the bigger picture but we're so caught up in the moment like it's really easy to do things that get immediate certain tangible returns but it's a lot harder to forsake immediate gratification for the bigger picture and what we know deep down is good for us but it's so hard to quieten down that that voice because We've, and rightly so, we've fucking, we've grinded. We've put all this time in. I deserve a bit of success. I deserve this thing to go well for me. You just got to keep fucking reminding yourself that it's never about the next. It's not always about the now. It's the decisions you make now for the future and the journey and the trajectory you're on. It's, it's so hard and I know how easy it is for me to say this but I know the de- little decisions I've made within my head about certain things I'm like I've made a lot of decisions that I know are benefiting me now that I've made before whether it's a relationship the podcast things I do health choices where it's so easy to just do what feels good in the moment it's so hard to have that conversation with yourself honest conversations bro to be able to have an honest conversation with yourself is the hardest thing anyone will do. And do you know why? Because
because our ego knows us better than anyone. You know, people can say things to us to trigger us, but our ego, which is trying to protect us, but it comes up with this incredible story, incredible story that is foolproof. It knows our insecurities. It knows more than you know about yourself because you forget so much. Your conscious mind just doesn't have the capacity to hold all these things in storage. It will come up with the perfect excuse as to why not to do something. You have to have the courage to explore and it's fucking hard and anyone can resonate with how hard it is to have a hard conversation. But once you start doing it and you start tapping into, okay, maybe the voices that come to me aren't, as we talked about, always the truth. Maybe this is some story that isn't the best thing for me. You know what I mean? Like you have to have the courage and you have to be vulnerable enough to explore the darkness so that you can find the light that you should have. In the darkness, you find the light. But the darkness is very uncomfortable. 99% of the population don't want to go there. And I don't blame them. Like, I don't judge anyone mm. for, for that. Like, that's... And sometimes that has... I, in the past, I think I have judged. I definitely have judged. I don't even think that I have. I know that I have. I have too. But I think once you find that within yourself and you realise how hard that is to do, you're a lot more patient and compassionate and empathetic with others. Which is a great lesson. And again, like that kind of ties back in with presence because if you can then be with that person, present, understanding the truth of this matter is they don't want to go that deep. That's why they're having this reaction or whatever you then don't get angry about how they're acting because you're seeing it from a completely different perspective coming at it with understanding rather than coming at it trying to fight their fire with fire. Does that make sense? Yeah. Did you, in one of my newsletters when I talked about this reality and having understanding, it's a bit philosophical, but how like one plus one is always going to equal two. That's like a necessary truth. So it's not subjective. It's just a logical fact. But these contingent truths, like our own reality, what we think someone's thinking, what we think a circumstance is, that's a contingent truth. It's very subjective. We think it's the truth. But I think we try and we try and live our world like we're living in this necessary truth. Like we think it, we're so... We think that that's that colour, that person's like that, my perception of everything. We're very – It's to me it's simple. It's being willing to be consistently open-minded to, okay, maybe I don't have it all figured out. Maybe my truth, my reality isn't real. And it's, it's still every time you do that you have to have a hard conversation because it's so easy just to pigeonhole everything in life to being certain things because as humans we crave the order. We want things to be certain you leave yourself no room for growth if you just constantly crave that certainty and the reason i know the value in this is because i've completely changed the way i see the world the filter that i put on and i still am not perfect but nowhere near it but who wants to be perfect i feel like the greatest feelings i've had in my life so far are from the growth i've had from the hardest the hard conversations and it's all relevant to you my hard and the things that i've gone through 
objectively maybe a hundred times easier than someone else. But does it really, at the end of the day, it's not about other people. And I feel like a lot of people in the mental health get turned off by this because it's like, oh, my stuff's not that bad. You know, like I'm almost not deserving to have a better life or because I think a lot of us get stuck in this middle ground. And that's where I sometimes get almost, I don't understand people enough because I, I, I'm like, okay, I didn't have that big trauma. I've changed my life. Like, why can't you do it? And you almost not hold resentment, but you're like, I've done it. You should be able to do it. And you, you don't be present enough to have the understanding. And I'm still learning skills to, and I want to learn these skills to be able to give them these red pills so that they can be like, okay, maybe I, I want a better life. I want to change my trajectory and how it looks. I don't fully have the answers to. I'm still uncovering that because I'm still learning. But I know I'll get there and I know I'll figure it out. But that's why I start because I feel like so many of us, we just think it's, we just almost, it's easier to accept than question and be curious. Like it comes back to curiosity, isn't it? Like who could I become? What do I want out of this life? I think we settle for mediocrity because it's order, it's certainty. Yeah, it's okay, I have some fun. But be curious, what else could I get out of this life? Why don't I want to push the boundaries a bit? That's how I start to see it. No, 100%, man. And look, that's a big reason why I'm doing this retreat. Because th- there's a solid boundary there. I have to push that. I would be inauthentic not to. Um, but coming to your point about contingent truth, a fact that I am still, a fact that I understand but I'm struggling to still apply is that any situation you are in that has human in, other human involvement is then contingent truth. Mm. Period. At any point that you are doing something with another human, their perception, their reality will be different to yours. So you have to train yourself to get comfortable with what contingent truths mean. And I've just rephrased that as it's all true. That's just how I've perceived it, which is essentially the same thing. But your reality is very different to mine. And even if even if I say, hey, imagine a room with a ball in the middle, right? We can both imagine a room. We can both imagine a ball in it, but your room might be eight meters by eight meters. Mine might be five by five. Your ball might be pink and 600 mil round, and mine might be yellow and a bouncy ball, right? We've still, we both imagined a room. We both imagined a ball. We both created that reality. So whenever you are dealing with people, you have to try to come into that space of being open-minded because their reality is true to them. Don't fight that. You're only going to cause yourself pain if you try to fight that. And like I've caused myself countless amounts of pain in trying to fight other people's reality. I don't want to change my reality. Like if I believe something, I mean I do want to change it, I'm being... 
was trying to be something that I want to change my reality and I'm being open. But if you're stuck in an emotion or if you're stuck with a perception, you don't want to change it mm. unless you're being conscious and open to that change. Therefore, if you're chatting to someone and you can feel their defensiveness or whatever, what are you going to get out of trying to convince them otherwise? Me convincing you that the ball in the room is yellow and a bouncy ball, it's just, it's just not in your mind. And so I think that you're right. I read that in your newsletter. One plus one is two, right? We hit a green light. We can drive through. We hit a red light. We stop. Those things are universally accepted. But whenever there's something that's open to interpretation, which, like, let's be honest. It's pretty much everything. It's fucking everything. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with substance. And, yeah. and that's where hum- humanity's grown. That's, like, that's where philosophy comes from. And I think in today's day and age, what is really sad is that people don't want to debate points. Debate isn't meant to be about two people that disagree. Debate is meant to be about sharing of ideas. My pop often defined politics back in the day as the contest of ideas. Instead of, it's almost like different perspectives coming together, being curious, but we live in such a different world well, I haven't experienced a previous world but it just feels very like people aren't willing to be changed and be open and it's very my reality's right no it could it's it can't be so because we take it's it simply comes back to the certainty like we just want to know what we just want things to be black and white and binary but often it's not it's not black and white and there's a lot of gray area and getting comfortable with that. But that's where I'm finding the power in, we talk about in any situation in human life, there's, there is that grey area, but I think magnifying the common ground is powerful, like building things with transparency and that's why honest conversations, knowing where your perspective comes from, it just allows you to be you and them to be them within the same space rather than having to almost mould who you are to fit this invisible contract that you're subscri- societal contract that you're subscribing to to sort of to fit in rather than try and you can have multiple realities existing at the same time that is the world we live in bro the world we live in is exactly that it is multiple realities coexisting at exactly the same time and so like a great example is you walk into an airport people flying to all sorts of different destinations going to all sorts of different places on different planes different airlines but they're all at an airport and they're all going somewhere but every single person that you walk past is experiencing a different reality right they're filled with different emotions um like man i just come back to it's all true you know, wherever there are humans, 
I don't think that's the right way to say it. But where does the... Then it just comes simply down to where's the practicality of it. Where, where, where can we take the value from it? And it's pretty much everything we've talked about. Allowing yourself to grow by being open-minded. It's, it's a philosophical route that you can just keep exploring but then again for me i'm someone who's like okay where's the where does the corn grow where's the value in this where can we take something to have meaning because i'm all about in this world there's so much information and it's like how many podcast books do people read but they don't actually take any action from it so i'm constantly reminding myself it's less about the quantity as we talked about and more about the quality of change man i think at least for for me and, like, I'm 32 now. I've lived many sort of different lives, I guess, so far. It's about curiosity. I think if you can stay curious, then you're open-minded. Mm. And sometimes I can get caught in being open-minded. Like, oh, I don't really want to agree with this person or I don't really want to listen to you or whatever. If I come into a place of curiosity, and even as ridiculous as like I can't believe someone believes that shit, but like, okay, how do you believe that? Like, explain that to me in a nice way, obviously. Yeah. But like coming at it from a point of curiosity, and I think that that's the same with like you can listen to as many podcasts as you want, read as many self help books do all of the the information gathering on self-development as you possibly can. I think if you do it because you want to become a better person is a good place to start. But I think at least for me now, as I've cut a lot of that content right down, I'm doing it because I'm curious as to the person I can become. And I think that's a big difference. Mm. I can visualize what a better version of myself is, but I want to be better than that. I don't want to be constrained by that vision. The vision that I see of myself five years from now is 10 times better than I am right now. But I don't want that to be the vision of myself that I am for the next 50 years. And I don't want to repaint that vision of myself every five or ten years. I want to have a consistent flow of curiosity about how much better I can be. And I think from that curiosity, it draws things into your life or at least allows you to find things that will feed that. So through that curiosity, you might leave three personal help books on the shelf but then find one and be like, oh yeah, like there's an interest mm. and there's a curiosity and you're more likely to apply that information than you are to have just read all three and then wasted your time. Like, Did you hear in the podcast with Hormozy what he defines learning as? Yeah, um, the like, application. So like same conditions, different behaviour? Yeah. Because yep. how many times do we read a book, information opportunity to have different behavior under the same circumstances and we don't you haven't learned anything yeah i think he also mentions that um you haven't learned it 
unless you can teach it. Yeah. Which is another really good one, which practically is just having conversations with your mates. Mm. Like, you know, you're going to Jack, be like, man, this thing, and then you guys exploring that idea is reinforcing it in your mind. You don't have to read 10 books on it. Like, and I think that I've kind of come full circle a little bit to the point where I now go, my time is actually better spent reading the books that I'm genuinely interested in or listening to the things I'm genuinely interested in and spending the rest of that time in introspection. Yeah. I get so much more value out of internalizing sitting with myself and to an extent having conversations like this where I can challenge ideas, where I can um, or prove out ideas, where I can um, explore things than I would if I spent the last two hours trying to read a self-help book. And I think that that's maybe a misconception in the space where we think I've got to read this and I've got to listen to this person. I've got to, to have access to all this information. Like we've been so trained that there's all this information out there. You can find anything you want. But all the information is also all in here. Mm. And it might take one thing that can trigger a thought process of learning within yourself that will give you just as much awareness or understanding or knowledge that a 500-page book might. We just, I think we don't do it because you're like, man, where'd you get that from? So I just thought about it. Yeah, like, oh yeah, that's pretty smart. And then you just that's, move on, right? That's why I like to write in the newsletter two ideas each week because it forces me to think for myself. Yeah, I love the, yeah. I read the newsletters, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's good. I think it's very good. It's just training myself for introspection and being able to give out my ideas. And it's basically just allowing myself a space to be curious and think for myself because I think it's really easy to not just regurgitate but have that cookie-cutter approach like, oh, this person, I've got to live my life like them now and not be authentic. They're just a bunch of tools. You've got to learn how to use them yourself. Exactly, man. And look, I, having been a tradie, I've seen plenty of guys rock up with brand new utes, brand new toolboxes, every tool you can ever think of in these toolboxes and not have a clue. And I've seen guys rock up in dodgy old ute, spend their money on other things that set them up successfully and with a bag of tools, like just a bag and do 10 times more work. And I remember watching that and as I became a better tradie, my bag became, my boxes became smaller and then a bag. I, I now, whenever I've done some work for some friends and stuff, I've, I've got a tool bag and I've got probably 10 tools in there. But they've paid me top dollar and I haven't been at a point where there's, I, I need a different tool. I know exactly how to use those tools in such a way that, navigates having to have all of that gear i think it's we need to leverage more of what we have totally and i don't i think we 
undervalue how much we already have inherently within us. 100%. Like it's there. It's fucking there. But we don't give that um, justification. We don't give it prominence because we're not smart enough. I don't have a psychology degree or I'm not Joe Dispenza or I'm not this or that or whatever. So we look for an authority figure outside of ourselves. And all we're really doing is seeking justification for what we already know. And it's like, well, man, you can find that just by having a chat with your mate. If you've got mates you can just have chats with. I mean, like, man, this thing. And that can be enough to, one, deepen your relationship with your mates, but two, to go, oh, maybe I do know some shit. And maybe I don't have to experience all of these trials and tribulations to understand this thing. It's because the trials and tribulations smack the answer in your face. But there you so, go. But... How is the quote I put in my thing? Foresight is a wonderful thing. Yeah. You know, we all talk, we all, it's easy to, to learn in hindsight, but why not we, if you can sort of have that foresight, you're going to save yourself a lot of time and energy and you're going to, that's the one resource we're playing with. The, that's the main limiting resource, it's time. And foresight saves you a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what happens like going full circle is, you start a business, you start a podcast, you start a career in footy, you start all these things. That first part is really hard because you have to look back because you don't know enough to look forward. You, 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 you haven't experienced enough to be able to know what to look for, right? So you have to use hindsight and retrospect. You're like, oh, okay, that, I'm not going to, do that because that equals this. Okay, that's good. So, do you know what? You learn. Mm. And although you always continually learn, what happens is you then can start turning and looking forward and then you can go, oh, I know A, B, C, D. There's F. And go. Yeah. Right? But you kind of have to have that base built of trial and failure, of retrospect, of hindsight, to give you some something tactile to be able to, to, to then look forward and make that next step. I think that, if you can do it, is a really good skill. Mm. Something that I've got to yeah, develop better. It's all the work in progress. Ready to go. Yeah. All right, well, it's been a great chat. We'll wrap it up there, but yeah, that was a seriously good chat. I'm excited to listen back to that. Thanks for coming on. Right, thank you for having me. Really enjoyed it. All right, thanks, guys, for listening. I'll see you in the next one.